You know, if you look up Maple Leaf Gaming on YouTube, you find a channel based on Fallout 4. Really? Really? Yeah, I was looking you guys up right now, and, uh, well, I found that, and I don't think you're about that. I mean, you might like the game. What is your guys' YouTube? Uh, it's called Drop Dice Don't Count, so it's, it's not directly connected to Maple Leaf Wargaming. Um, okay. But it's something we're doing kind of in partnership. Sure. Right. Is, is Drop Dice Don't Count going to... Uh, be sponsoring you guys. You guys are gonna get some patches made and put on your jerseys because your jerseys at LVO were sick, dude. Yeah, um, our, <laughs> uh, one of our friends, uh, Reese, one of our members, he absolutely smashed it with the jersey. Uh, he designed everything. He designed the mm-hmm. logo. Um, he went up to his uh, father-in-law's. He like hand pressed all the lettering. He got everything Amazing. embroidered. Yeah, it was just couldn't... good. I bought two. Oh, nice. I think you guys have uh, six videos up so far. Uh, very, very good quality videos as well. You yeah. guys have a lot of good editing and shit. I love it. Yeah, Gordon's an editor, so we're, we're learning as we're going. Um, yeah. So we're, um, it's the guys you normally play on the channel. They're forty k converts, so they're okay. still kind of um, learning the ropes of kill team. Oh, but mm. Niall's got the bug. Yeah, N- Niall's got the Maybe bug got now. The bug. Yeah, he he did really well in the forty k LVO. Um, so he's got a good competitive mindset for this sort of thing. So I'm sure he'll be picking up really quickly. The good, two yeah. give you so many cross skills. I was talking to him um, after every game. He'd come over and spend some time, um, and uh, I always found my way, you know, over to him or him to me, and we were just chatting, chatting away, you know, in between uh, everyone kind of doing stuff at LVO. It was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, his run was amazing. Yeah, he went five uh, one in the end. Um, it was his last game, and his dice just uh, betrayed him. I think. Did he get top sixteen? No, he didn't. He just missed yeah. out. I think. I think anger on charge, and mm, he didn't, And he whiffed his roll. I don't think he made one wounds through or something. So yeah, a bit gutting. Damn. Bit of gutting way to go out, but I think he was happy with that how happens. he did. Yeah, that you know, it's the year does. on year improvement. That's cute. <laughs> uh, that's that's you know. It happens. It happens every now and then. Um, it's cool that you guys are. Is is Drop Dice only going to be doing battle reports? Are they going to be? Are you guys going to be doing something else with uh, with your guys' content, or is it just battle reports? Uh, we're not sure yet. I think I think we'll probably do a few, um, maybe short episodes, maybe discussing the meta, um, okay. a few roundtables, talking about like what we've been working on hobby wise, um, what events we've been playing in. Um, maybe next year at LVO, we could do a little. Um, commentary about that so yeah just we keep, we're keeping it open fantastic I have to say your uh, drop dice don't count are probably some of the best kill team battle reports I've seen yeah and oh. uh, you know there's only realistically five that are up to watch mm-hmm. am, I, am I looking at right yeah so, um, yeah so we've just started we're going to get better as well so yeah we're really excited mm-hmm. about how, how we're improving with each episode and like how the level of play is getting there and like the editing and stuff so yeah yeah, my two favorite are six sided and and this now. I haven't actually seen. I mean, I saw your guys' setup. Um, you guys have a really fucking sick setup. Sick setup, by the way. <laughs> uh, that was a fucking tongue twister, Jesus. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. You know, things are 
You guys got good painted armies too. I think that's one of the things that really turns me off from from battle reports is um, specifically like tabletop. What what's it called? G the one the one. There's like one 40k one that I I dislike tabletop. Titans. Yeah, mm, let me let me check. Oh, tactics. They they all sound the same. I know, right? They love I that alliteration. To. No, no. T- Titans are the the big boys. Jesus, that was loud. Uh, <laughs> I think it is tabletop Cali- Titans. Yeah, the ones in California, right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I haven't seen any other new stuff. Tabletop Titans, right? Uh, their 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 little uh, logos are are sick, right? Um, but before they started getting a lot of commission artists to do some of their like f- main focal pieces for their their um, they're kind of like logos. Like what, what are these called? The thumbnails for their YouTube videos. Um, they had some really not painted well, 40 K teams. <laughs> and it was really, really like telling like, oh, I was, I was looking at this one and somebody just had like, they, they had like the worst painted guardians. Like they look like, uh, eBay rescues. Ooh. And I was like, and they just did a quick glance and I was like, oh, just right there. It hurt me, hit me in the soul. You know, like I think it's super important to have really nicely painted teams. And I like that your guys' stuff has some good, really nice painted teams. So. Yeah, that means a lot. Yeah, we tried to make a cinematic with the uh, Into the Dark Walls. Um, I think mm-hmm. next time we'll be doing a bit of uh, Beta Decima as well, which oh, might film nicely ew. as well. Yeah, yeah we'll get that three, <laughs> two dimensionality, which should be cool. So why Beta Decima? <laughs> Is it the new hot thing? Do you guys actually think it's viable? I mean, yeah, we're gonna give it a go. It's, it's I need like to play it. I need to play it a bunch of times. I mean, it's but fucking I trash. Think it'll be guys. Fun. Once I learned into the dark, I'm like, okay, this is this is now just another fun way to play. Okay, George, I think Beta Decimal will bring the same thing in. Just play. No, it's bad, guys. It's dude, it's awful. Dude, it's awful. Dude, I played one game on it. It was yesterday. It was against uh-huh. Jason from just another Kill Team podcast on TCS. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was playing all incursors, and it was map five. Mm-hmm. And, and I was running the digits. Uh, I lost by one point. So wow. the, the, the dice were crazy. Um, I messed up my tack ops. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, the jump test, man. The jump test stressed me out. I failed one at critical point, and yeah. So I, I, in order for beta decima to be okay, there's a few things. I'm a very map orientated person, right? I'm a very competitive orientated person. Mm-hmm. I have very strong opinions about beta decima. Um, if you just play pathfinders, you pretty much just win. So unless if you're playing against like, you know, uh, Harlequins Other pathfinders or, something. Or, or Harlequins <laughs> who can just be like, Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm, you can't see me no matter what, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it just needs to pass. Like, because remember when uh, Into the Dark first came out with those original missions, mm-hmm. um, and it was a bit of it was didn't play quite but as well. Here's, here's the problem. Needs, needs a bit of polish, I think. But a, here, a, bit, a bit of polish should be fine. Here's the problem, George. Here's the problem. Are you ready for the problem? Hit me. Okay. The problem is uh, they've already come out with the Crit Ops pack. The Crit Ops pack fixed Into the Dark, and Into the Dark was bad specifically because they had five. Um, it was fine if you ran an all into the dark tournament with the old stuff, because everyone was scoring low amount of points. You couldn't score the same amount of points in open as you could on into the dark. So when they eventually came out with, uh, the crit ops version, you could still score the same amount of points 
on Into the Dark as you could on Open because they had the same amount of objectives. They had the same amount of this. They had the same amount of this. Dude, I think map six or five or whatever, they have five or six objectives all in the center of the board. Map and, five is nuts. It's all on the uh, the big the big unit in the middle. And yeah, it's, like, it's impossible to get there unless you fly. So yeah, and then uh, teams teams that ignore obscuring. So here's yeah. to make Beta Decima competitively viable. Here's the thing: I've heard Beta Decima is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, right? In order to make Beta, beta Decima competitively viable, obscuring has to change, right? Or they need to change the ultimate wording of the, um, the, the, the mist, right. The, maybe the mist, uh, doesn't grant visibility, right. Uh, on the bottom floor or whatever, or, or this is, this is an and statement and there should be absolutely no jump tests. You should just automatically be able to move over the anywhere that you can move. You have to move because when you, when you start adding in more and more RNG, Right. Imagine this. Imagine a higher tech player. Okay. <laughs> Dying, failing his reanimation role, and then trying to jump from one one spot to the next spot and failing that role too. And then that person dies. I mean, when you have Dude. RNG in the game, it just fucking sucks. Yeah, and the more more layers you add, the more ridiculous it starts to become. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Also with the so, advantage of the uh the objectives as well. I think um if should we use flat objectives? Should we use the plastic ones that come in the kit? Mm-hmm. Do does do count as advantage? Can you shoot over the sea? Like, there's, there's a lot of questions I think which still need to be answered. But um, on higher attack, I don't think we should be too worried about them with the credit with the chrono mine. Like, they're going to absolutely make people miserable on on the sports. I think. I, I mean, switch teams. I mean, yeah, but uh, they there's. I don't care what Shane says. They're still fucking dog trash. Dog, dog, dog water is what the Jimmy Kelly calls teams now, right? <laughs> They're still dog water until, until somebody proves them otherwise. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to give him a go. Proxy him up as thousand sons. Running I mean, yeah. you could 100%, but we're going to go through, through some stats later, later on. And, um, according to games workshop, they are competitively viable, uh, but just barely. Um, well, you, you guys, you'll, you'll see because, the problem is, is like they placed really, really poorly at LVO, right? But out of 141 games since December, uh, this team is still not performing. It's performing literally at 46% uh, win rate. So that, so, guy, that guy, Dan in England, he came second at Warhammer World with them. I so mean, that's like, that, that's like saying that, uh, you know, oh, this one time salvagers got second on shooty maps at uh, New York open too. Hey, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, th- I think, I think, I think we're going to be surprised with higher tech. I think, I think there's something there. I think that they need another buff, uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, they need to fix reanimation. Uh, yeah. I, I love how spicy be... this shit is. Let's go. Dude, reanimation. Fundamentally rethought. I think the, yeah. the casino mechanic is too much. It's the same thing in 40 K with GSC. It was similar mechanic. Four up, you get a whole unit back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. too, it's too feast or famine. It's too, it's hard to balance too. Yeah. Like that that George, the game I played against Voyan. Yeah. By the end of the game, I had killed two guys. It's crazy. Like, you you made of, every single yeah. three up. Yeah. Here, here, here's the here's the other problem. Why do goats, the Felgor, have a better reanimation or death mechanic than Necrons? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it literally doesn't. If the Necrons are angrier. They might. 
might help them a bit. But um, I was talking to Shane about this. I think um, well, if I had to change it, I think if they failed the first one, fine, whatever. But I think the second role you make should be guaranteed. Mm. I think that you should uh, roll a dice and on a one or two, they come back in three turns. On a three and four, they come back in two turns. And on a five and six, they come back full health the next turn. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. I mean, or you just get rid of the roll completely and you're just like, oh, they come back wounded. Yeah, they come back injured. I think it'd be the easiest thing. And then Living Metal heals them the next turn. And if they die, then the second time, then they're gone completely. Yeah. You know? Some something something super super simple, so we can just like make so th- they have the same problem as warp coven. I think we've said it a couple times on the pod. Um, a couple. They're too complicated for their own good. They need the kiss method. Uh, keep it soup. Keep keep it simple. Keep it stupid. Su- <laughs> keep, it know, soup. Right? Yeah, keep it soup. Keep it soup. But yeah. So, but before we get too far into uh, the weeds on this bad boy, um, you both attended LVO. Uh, thank you both for coming. Loved it. Always a great time. Yeah. Thanks for hosting. Absolutely. Um, George, what was your, uh, your final placing? Uh, no bishops. I went 6'3". Um, mm-hmm. I think I came 19th. So That's really good. Ooh, top 20. Nice. Yep. I was pretty yeah. happy with that. It's really impressive because we had 131 players this year and last year we had 87. So like top eight last year is pretty much like top 12. So essentially you were almost like top 14 from if you were or top 12, if we were counting like percentage wise from last year. And it's just like being in that top percentile is just absolutely insane, dude. That's, that's some good shit. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. I was, I was pretty new to them as well. I picked them up over um, the new year and honestly, like with the run, you I texted went, me on like, like right after <laughs> Christmas and you're like, I've bitten the bug. I'm going novitiates. I was like, you going to get him finished in time. Yeah. I'm like, All right. He got him, he got him finished in time. <laughs> yeah. He still needed to pick them earlier. Like a solid <laughs> month earlier would have been great. Oh yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, the, the people I've faced as well, I got to play Travis, had a rematch against him, um, Travis Cheng from Just on the Kill Team podcast. Uh, finally got a game against Nick Craven as well. Oh, I love Nick. Yeah, we went, like my first ever tournament was- He whooped uh, my ass. Did he whip your ass? He whipped my ass. He, he yeah. got a dirty crack <laughs> off against me. And then after that, it was uh, GG. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I think we both went to our first tournament together ages ago, like two years ago in back in Philly. It was one of the base, base football gamer ones. Uh-huh. So it's cool. We finally got a game in. Uh, finally got a game against Chris Baki as well, which was really fun. Ooh. You just ran the gauntlet of, of <laughs> insanely hard people, didn't you? Yeah, dude. It was yeah, really fun. Uh, re- really good matches. So Amazing. Yeah. And then uh, Vivek here uh, played the fabled vet guard <laughs> and taking second place, not dropping a single match, going undefeated. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, I'm happy about it. Yeah, then you 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 ended up playing uh, Ryan on stream at the end um, against. Well, that, was a, that was a fun time. It was a good the, time. The nasty Felgor, a menace. Um, how was your time at LVO, and what was your favorite match? Uh, LVO is always a great time. Uh, I love the new format. Nine games over three days. I'm a huge fan. Kept me going the whole time. Amazing. Start to finish. Uh, my favorite game. Ooh. There's one against 
one of the uh, the Kellen clan was playing Talons. Mm. That was Jesh. Jesh. Yeah, Jeshua. There we go. Uh, that was an absurd match. The custodians and sisters with the the Talons uh, ploy on Into mm-hmm. the Dark. There's a lot of weird weird stuff. And that was a it was a really fun one to play. I'd never played on on that side against Talons. Uh, that was definitely one of the more interesting ones because it was real wild card. Uh, absolute bang over a match had to be the one against Adrian because mm-hmm. uh, it was a, a calculated bloodbath on both sides from start to finish. Was that an open or into the dark? That was on into the dark. Okay. I was, and that was, a, I was just happy not to lose on into the dark. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tie, right? I actually yeah. think vet guard is just as strong on into the dark. If you know how oh, to yeah, play I, them I on into the dark yeah. as, as open. Yeah. I'm sure we could make a whole podcast about vet guard. What was your favorite, um, your favorite operative and, and your MVP going into and going out of LVO. So going into would probably be the sniper. Okay. He usually does pretty good work, has a tendency to one shot the Navy breacher endurant time mm-hmm. and time again. Nice. Uh, but for this LVO, the regular trooper with the crack grenade is the real hero of the team. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, it does a lot. Threes rolling ones with AP one just does a lot of work, and it's a real punch up for a guy. Even if he whiffs, you don't particularly care that he whiffed mm-hmm. and that he's out there now having whiffed. It's just a really good tool to even three APL off the comms, move dash grenade, fair, get a fair. one for one trade early. Uh, yeah, the the demo man is fun, but uh, the level of play people see him coming from a mile away and just either kill him or don't interact with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the three APL crack grenade, it gets people. That's fair. Or, yeah. it's, or even the three APL stealing a point as well. Yeah, that too. You've done that a few times against me. That's uh, that's fascinating. I typically never use that. I usually put my, uh, my crack grenade or frag grenade on my medic or my comms because I typically save it for the end of the game because I use my, my little, uh, peons to uh, score points as fast as early and and trade points wise rather than uh, I like that. That's cool. I like that. There's so many different ways to actually play vet guard and play them efficiently and well, you know, and to a high level as well. I'd say yeah. that Chris plays them completely differently to how Vivek plays them. Yeah. And I, really I heard, I heard that Chris plays them extremely different differently than uh, from me as well. So that means that we probably all three have a different play style. And it's really cool that the team is so versatile that you can actually play a team really viable in three ways and still do so well with them, you know? Well, here's a here's a big example. Uh the medic has left my roster forever. He is forever now on the side wow. bench. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Uh guardsmen die. Yes. Is the is the way of the world. Fair. Uh the the APL loss on the medic, the positioning needs of the medic. I find just the hardened veteran, which was George's idea originally, mm-hmm. was to think about that swap. Just having that extra one guy who you can throw around and who could potentially survive one shooting activation from something. That's fair. Uh, if he gets into melee, we'll, we'll do four damage usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're at the, at the point where you're getting into melee, you're popping the strap play for auto-retain. Do you get nice like four guaranteed damage? Uh, spike it up to five. You roll well in melee, you could really punch up. He's just a nice little guy 
And I feel like he does more for the team than the medic. I found I was using the medic as a normal trooper more often than not. Hmm. Like if I was doing that, I might as well swap it out for someone who can punch up a little bit. Fair. That's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that I have also come close to that conclusion of dropping the medic entirely. Um, I think there are still like certain teams that you take him against, but uh, they, I have found myself dropping him quite a lot for actually another gunner. Cause I usually, I usually always take the hardened and sometimes I'll drop the confidant for the, the hardened, um, except on into the dark. You always take the, the confidant yeah, on into the dark. GA2 with the doors. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I killed, uh, a lot of Geller pox with, uh, with the, the confidant. And then I got scored. Then I rolled really well and he killed, he finished off the, she, sorry, mine is a she, she finished off the rice curse, which is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> never killed a, a giant, uh, guy in close combat with a chain chainsword before, but, uh, you know, when they roll all misses and you roll, uh, all hits and a crit, you know, uh, you, you, you can, you can take one down, <laughs> but, uh, George, you took uh, novitiates, which performed super, super well as well at uh, LVO um, as a team, right? I think at LVO, the stats were uh, on average, novitiates players placed 36th at, at LVO, and there were seven players yeah, playing them. Yeah, I think three of us went 6 3. I think Kellen, he did better than that as well. So I think there are quite a few of us who did pretty well with them. Absolutely. Yeah. They're a hardcore team. Very scary. Yeah, they are. Uh, I've always found a little bit of trouble playing against them when I play um, VetGuard. Um, what was your What was your favorite matchup at LVO? Um, my favorite matchup? My favorite, spot. Or my favorite match. Uh, your favorite match. Match. Um, so I played uh, Remy. He came all the way from France. Mm. Um, so I played him at my final game of um, New York Open in October. Um, it was the Legionary Mirror match back then, and he managed to sneak it. So uh, but we, we had a really nice, really nice game. Like he's a really friendly opponent. He's like super clear, really good at the rules. Um, so we had a rematch. So uh, it was, I think, it was the last game of the tournament. So I think it was uh, Lutz. I think I can't remember. Yeah, Lutz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on one of your open boards, uh, so this kind of controlled the game. Um, but he's just a really, really nice opponent. Pleasure to be around, and yeah, it was uh, cool to finish on a on a win. Yeah, speaking of Remy, Remy actually was runner up to uh, Triple Threat, having a nice painted team, having great sportsmanship and great attitude, and also doing well in a tournament. Oh, dude, his so, his legionary is beautiful. His uh, his Nurgle boys, yeah, yeah, and his little display case is awesome. It's really cool yeah, to see. Arturo Cortez took the the uh, the triple threat award, but Remy was runner up, so that's pretty. It's pretty good. It's good that you had a. It's good that he got a shout out. Um, but yeah, I had had a good game against Travis as well um, on Pathfinders. Yeah, um, which is always quite an interesting matchup. So I I'd, I'd previously played Warp Coven and um, Harlequins, both teams who struggle quite a lot into Pathfinders. So it was quite nice to finally have a team which has a decent matchup into them. That was nice to. Yeah, it seems like shooty hordes have a little bit harder of a matchup, especially if you're not super prepared into novitiates, just because you have blinding light and 
it can be difficult to make sure you have two valid shots oh, dude, every yeah. time you shoot. <laughs> yep. Line your, uh, yeah, very hard to play around. But I, I would say the vet guard matchup is quite difficult though. Um, I think they definitely have a lot of play there. Oh yeah? Yeah. Maybe I need to pull up one of the other guys playing styles, you know, figure that out. <laughs> all about uh, the ankle hold. Yeah. Ankle holds. Uh, that's uh, one thing is I've, I've never lost into Colts and uh, I take a lot of uh, hand axes. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's just, uh, the nature of the beast. Uh, you guys both did super, super well. Giacomo, um, what was your favorite matchup that you saw on stream? Hmm. There's, there's quite a few. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go by days. Cause I think by days is easier than picking one. Um, the first day was scouts. Okay. Rob and Kellen, right? Yeah. Just getting getting to see scouts for the first time is exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, getting to see their tricks. The second day was, um, what are they called right now? Uh, I can't remember the Tyrion's name off the top of my head. Like what the team is called. High fleet, high fleet versus star striders. That was a really fun one day too. Okay. And, the last one, I'm actually going to give it to um, Mr. Vivek here. Vivek versus Orion yeah. in the last game. That was like so tight. There's constant moments. Everyone was just like staring at the screen. You know, I think even mm-hmm. more than in the final round. That is fair. Vivek, have you watched it back yet? No, but I've sent it out to everybody and everybody else watched <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tra- it's the too, trauma. Too much stress. I've, I've fought Orion before. It is difficult. He's a very was- good player. I had a Zen moment throughout the whole game. And then afterwards that wall came crashing down. Oh yeah. 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 We have a great video of you seeing that you won and then embracing your team. Uh, it's a yeah. very lovely moment. It's a very good moment uh, that Saya captured. So eventually uh, you guys will see it and we'll make sure we tag you. Awesome. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm just glad you put Canada on the map. Team Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Team Canada, uh, you guys popped off. I think. Let me let me pull up the data so I'm not lying. Shout out to George um, for all the practice. Yeah, we we played quite a lot of your into the dark maps um, in the months leading up to it. So we had do like. You th- a- do you think that that helped? Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> Considering you guys probably played at least half of the tournament on into the dark or close to. Um, do you guys like the asymmetrical maps better than the um, uh, better than uh, what's it called? The yeah. symmetrical maps. I love them so much, and I didn't get to play on one. Which is oh, my you played only, symmetrical the whole time. Yeah, it was my only yeah. LVO regret because I love those asymmetrical maps. Yeah, it just makes the attacker defender role a lot more interesting. Like, just it makes matters. everything up. Yep, there's some really nice. You can tell you put a lot of thought into them, and all the revisions have really. But a nice packet, so yeah, it yeah. was. We had a lot of good times practicing on those maps. It was very fun. Good, good. So you guys, uh, the Maple Leaf Wargaming team, boosted up twenty three ranks from where you originally were. I think you guys came in uh, at fifty sixth and ended at thirty third in the world nice. as a as a team. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you guys had a terrible lot of games underneath you leading into it into the tournament as a, as under your guys's uh, actual names. Um, 
Yeah, we're we're swapping around MLWG. Then it's spelt out. So I think I think our results are split into two. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, we we know that now. Yeah, our, our teammate Alex <laughs> did really well with Void Dancers as well. I think he went oh, five yeah. four six three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your entire team did super well. I think you guys had a fifty a fifty six percent win rate yep. overall yep. as a team. Smash it. There you go. Yeah. So that's like signaling to Games Workshop that you need a nerf, right? Because you're over the 55% win rate. <laughs> I mean, Hashtag. they could just jack up our prices. That's a good way to nerf us. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Now, um, you guys said something interesting a little bit ago. Um, bringing it home to Canada. Now, there's two crazy things that happened this year. Firstly, Alexa, uh, Australian, winning Worlds. Um, only 40 players in that tournament. Uh, LVO at 131. Uh, <laughs> you guys got second. Objectively, uh, even though the, the caliber might have been really crazy at uh, Worlds, uh, just as difficult, if not more difficult, to uh, get second at LVO. Um, I've also heard that Australia is coming to LVO next year, or at least some of their players are, are wanting to. Uh, are you guys planning to come back uh, next year? 100%. 100%. Yeah, we'll, we'll fight guys- them for, uh, for the crown of the Commonwealth. <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> All right. see who's number one. We, we've got one of theirs as well, uh, Jason yeah. from Kitchener. He's originally from Australia, so he's he's one of our local TOs in the town over. Oh. So we, we got a bit of a uh, friendly local rivalry going on. So his team, Chimera, I think uh-huh. they did very well this year at New York Open and, and like locally as well. Yeah. You know, they were missing at LVO. Which is- <laughs> trust me, trust me. He knows as well. I, I let him know. <laughs> so another thing that's interesting over this past week, we've seen Games Workshop come out and show off all of their tournaments that they're going to be uh, throwing this year. So we have, you know, Tacoma, uh, Texas, Florida, and uh, Atlanta, I believe. That sounds right, because they did Atlanta last year. Yeah, so um, are you guys planning to go to any GW events? Because they got rid of they got rid of Warhammer Fest, which had 118 players. You know, LVO crushed it so bad that they decided that they couldn't compete anymore, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> um, what, uh, is there any other events in the U.S. you guys are planning to go to that people need to watch out? I'm planning to go to at least one other major and then probably New York open again. Cause it's drivable. Okay. That's oh, it. you guys are all the way over there. So it's late on that side, huh? It's only nine 30. Okay. Fine. Fair. <laughs> fair. <laughs> right. So you, you, you got the ticket for kill scream, right? For yes. Yeah. And I, I will go do that because they seem like a great bunch of guys and that sounds like a great time. Sweet. Yeah. Hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have our Canadian tabletop championships in May as well. I think it's May 25th. Okay. Um, so that, that was our one golden ticket last year, which got stolen, uh, by one of the Brooklyn people. Mm, that um, was, uh, what's his name? We'll get him um, this year. We'll get it. True. I think. Yeah. True. True. So true. That, the other vet guard player. Exactly. So I think, I we, think that we, we were a bit disorganized for that. Our scene hadn't quite kind of developed, um, when that was, I think it was May last year. So we've only really seen like a big uptick in our scene, uh, probably from the summer onwards. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think we're going to be a bit more prepared next time. If he wants to come up and defend his title. Amazing. I hope true does. He's a very good vet guard player. I played him 
we tied and uh, uh, at at Nova, and he got me on the the uh, tiebreakers. He's a very very good player. And the funny thing is that we, me and him, play the fucking same. Oh, we yeah. play almost the exact same way. Yeah. So it's it was very very interesting to see uh, that mirror matchup. The true I mirror. Hate, I hate mirror matchups, dude. They fucking suck. I love them so much. Oh, do you? <laughs> it's a fun time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. So is there any other kind of big tournaments you guys are thinking about or either running? Is there any other tournaments you're running in, uh, Canada that people can look to go to? Yeah. So, um, we have a regional discord called great lakes kill team. Um, so we have like a proper calendar and basically like a tournament circuit, which after the, from the beginning of this year, it's just kind of exploded. Um, so as Vivek was saying earlier, we've got a tournament every, basically every week until end of March, uh, wow. mid, mid March, which is just crazy. Uh, and I was, I was a bit worried. I thought we were like oversaturating people, but, um, one, one of them, which is in Burlington on the third at mm-hmm. Torchlight Games, um, it got sold 18 places, got sold out overnight and they're thinking of expanding it, which is wow. good. So people are loving their kill team here, which is great. And we got Shane coming up for that as well. which should be good. Yeah, good. Uh, Shane's an amazing person. He, if, you know, if Shane decides to go to your guys' golden ticket, you better watch out. Homie's a monster. Yeah, he's come to one of our events before as well. So we, we've been hosting. We're going we're to start hosting monthlies at Maple Leaf War Gaming. Um, is where is is that a store? Is that like? No, we got a really good deal. Um, so like our filming studio, we have a different studio uh, which we rent, and uh, it's basically just a big open space where we have tables, train. And just what? Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, that's fucking it's sick. An amazing spot, high ceilings, natural light. Is it time? Is it like a club where people like pay money to come and play monthly? Like, what do you? Is it just something that you guys have like a you know philanthropy? Is that what it's called? Like, you guys just are like, hey, we all want to play here, so we all play X a month. Yeah, to go and play, or that's basically. So you, you we got like a proper sign up sheet and stuff, so we let people let people know um, who's going to be there each game day. Um, and then it's a certain amount, um, each person contributes and then we pay the rent and buy terrain, buy tables, stuff like that. So cool. Mm, very cool. Yeah. So it's a nice way of organizing things. So we're not tied to a store directly, but we are sponsored by wheels and wings. So we, we collaborate quite a lot with them. They sponsor our tournaments. They give us prices. Um, they sponsor the channel as well, which is really cool. Amazing. Very cool. Yep. Do you have like an affiliate through them or how do they sponsor you? Do they just give you guys like price support? Yeah, price support. And we've got a really good relationship with them as well. So um, amazing. Yeah. Affiliate link's a good idea though. I might have to pass that on. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely helps. You don't see a lot from affiliate links, but you know, to help pay the rent, anything is good, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And we're yeah. helping them as well if they help us. So a- Absolutely. It's a, it's a great, it's a good symbiotic relationship to say the least. Um, is there anything else that you guys are doing that, uh, everyone who's listening to the podcast should know about? Uh, in terms of organizing locally, uh, I don't know. Instagram, is there like maybe locally? Like, uh, I know that you yourself, George, uh, worked on the, um, command point maps for the, uh, I think it just started this Monday, right? The tournament. Yep. 100 signups, correct? Over 100, Very yeah. Cool. It's on TTS. Uh, we've got two divisions, a Europe European one and a North American one. It's just mm. mostly by time zone. 
Um, and we're using the LVO style terrain for that, which is really cool. Yeah, and you made those maps on TTS, right? Yep, made them ages ago, but we finally made them look good. We fixed a few issues with them, and now they play really well. So nice, yeah, really happy with them. That's good. That's real good. Where did your three D design process come from? Did is it is it your work, or did you just pick it up as a hobby? Uh, to work. So uh, I'm a landscape architect. So basically, everything that's not the building. So I do quite a lot of 3D modeling for sites and buildings and furniture and stuff like that. So Nice. Which Hell is fun. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we're finally investing in a, a 3D printer at work as well. So it should, oh. be, yeah, it should be good. Nice. Which 3D printer? I'm a nerd. So we're, I... go, we're, we're looking at the new Bamboo, the A1. Okay, yeah. Which the I know, I know carbon. Yeah, the, so, uh, I'm not sure, but I know it's been recalled because there's some issues with um, some fire safety or something. So we're, mm. we're just waiting to pick it up properly. But that's fair. Yeah, the X1 Carbon is a really, really good machine. It um, prints really fast. The only downside to it is that it's it's decently loud as yep. it prints. Yep. But how fast it prints, you know. You hear it going on in the background, unless if you're recording a podcast, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you, it should be fine. Um, or if you're doing battle reports or something like that, you know, it'll definitely be audible, but um, it's going to be at work. So I guess you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just sneak, sneak in the middle of the night, set something off and come collect in the morning. That's, exactly. Uh, don't, don't tell the boss. Nope. Uh, he will never do that. Uh, boss of George. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Vivek, what do you do for what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an I'm an IT manager. I run a little IT department for a national leasing company. Cool. Okay. It's, it's it's neat. Uh, I was hired on to take the business from pen and paper to digital, so it's been a fun few years doing that. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Oh, it's it keeps me busy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love finding out what everyone. Uh, does for a living, um, especially when they place really well at tournaments, because it's like, you know, Orion won last year uh, LVO and he's a cook. <laughs> he's used to the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the stress, you know, the deadlines, the quick pressure. thinking, you know, kind of think mm -hmm. on your feet. Mm -hmm. um, and then like uh, Austin placed second last year and he's a phone salesman for, for AT&T. Um, so it's All cool. Life. Yeah, it's cool to see um, it's not dominated by just like engineers or something. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Vivek, you played quite a bit of chess so before, right? Do you think? Yeah, I, I grew up playing competitive chess in Canada. So that mm. was a, it's a real good foundational element, uh, especially at the perfect sweet spot uh, when you can soak it all in. Uh, I played between six and 12. Right in there, right in those formative years. Really does help Amazing. with any kind of strategy game. It does. I think I started Warhammer when I was 10 and I played it competitively. So um, any kind of real strategy uh, early on in your lifetime or just simultaneously. So for instance, an interesting fact about Jeshua. Um, Jeshua was, was doing okay at tournaments and then he picked up competitive chess and he played competitive chess a lot and he got a lot better at kill team really really quickly um and i think there's something to be said by playing multiple strategy games or or maybe it's just chess um to become a better kill team player like you can just see moves better 
I'm assuming, you know, and it just like becomes yeah. more natural. I think a lot quicker. of the concepts are quite similar as well. So you've got ideas of like kind of tempo, um, trading material, mm-hmm. when to go for points, and then, yeah, just kind of visualizing the lines, I think. And the way the kill teams are laid out, the operatives, everybody can only do a certain amount of fixed things, similar mm-hmm. to chess pieces. There's a lot of connections. And the, the foresight, being able to think two or three activations ahead, that's core to chess as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, George, you like to switch teams a lot, and you're an amazing painter. <laughs> you're an amazing <laughs> painter. In a fact, compliment sandwich. V- yeah. v- v- Vivek knows. He, he honestly, in the, the reluctant selfie, I would just pick every, a team every single LBO. morning. He'd, he'd wake up to a message from me, being like, "Vivek, I'm going to play Hunt the Archon. Vivek, I'm going to play Novitiates. Vivek, I'm going to play Warp Coven." Like, <laughs> I think amazing. I think he was more stressed about me, my team yeah, choice. Yeah, a hundred percent. like, okay, I feel ready. I feel good to go. I'm comfortable on Enter the Dark. And George is like, okay. How many games of Novitius? Are I have three. Let's go. <laughs> Fine. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's quite enjoyable. I know that one of the things that you told me in private. Sorry, I'm going to leak it here. Yeah. You told me. I'm and see now how stressed you are. You told me that you were like Dakota. I know you hate Star Striders. My goal is to paint them so nice. <laughs> That you enjoy Star Striders, and you were you were making that goal. I was like, "Wow, these look fucking dope!" And then you didn't bring them. Like, what's up with that? Oh, I don't know. I, I my, they're my, gorgeous. Yeah, ah. I still I still need to finish them off. Maybe, maybe I should take them out of retirement. See, I'm just helping at this point. I'm just like making things worse for you, dude. But that's the thing. That, I don't know. Like, I, I like how I paint them up, but like the Commandos matchup and the Felgor. And in, mm-hmm. in that field, I just thought mm, maybe it's not. But John, I say John did very well with them. So yeah, yeah. So it's definitely yeah. doable. I think Ryan did place pretty well with them in past tournaments as well. So I think they clearly have their weaknesses. Uh, but I currently think that depending on how Games Workshop addresses uh, the year of melee going forward. Um, we should see maybe their 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 way of addressing it is just being like, hey, everyone plays beta decima now and melee sucks. But <laughs> to be honest, Felgor still smash on on beta decima. Um, it's pretty sad. So and so do commandos. So I mean, what can what what, what can we say? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they address some things. Now, I wanted to talk about some stuff, uh, some stats, I should say. Um, for this upcoming, no one's really known that we're really, we've been really working on this behind the scenes. Um, we really big fans of Kenny Roller Crit's uh, videos and his stats and stuff like that. Um, and hot sauce Teddy. And I'm a stat person. I've always done little stats here and there for different tournaments and released. Like I think at worlds, I did like a live up to date. I was keeping stats of, nice. of teams and how things were going. And, um, I was the one who figured out, you know, Colts had an 81% win rate, which is still the most, <laughs> it's so fucking gross. But that statistic alone is obscene. <laughs> um, and Games Workshop thought yeah. they fixed them and they didn't. Um, so here, let me go live real quick and show you guys. We have tabulated over 3,700 games and the the data that we've tabulated is uh, specifically uh, people's tournaments that are of 16 players and four plus rounds. So if you had a tournament that meets those two requirements, your data has been collected by us. Um, and uh, specifically by 
uh, our stats man, David. And um, uh, he, without, without David, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So uh, thank you, David. Um, specifically, we've collected um, tournament data from uh, six games from Russia, six from US, three from Poland, three from Spain, two from, uh, three from the UK, two from Peru, one from Colombia, one from Czech, one from Germany, one from Italy, and one, one from Sweden. Um, it's interesting that Spain hasn't had a lot of tournaments uh, that meet this requirement. Now, there are multiple tournaments that they've had with 20-player tournaments or this or that, but they've only had three rounds. So um, they got next. And the reason why we went with this format is that it gives a good, a better spread of teams. It has more undefeated matchups and multiple other things. And I think LVO, we had like 1,200 games. So LVO is about a third of all of this data, um, which, is, which is insane. But um, when you look at it, the, there are some very interesting stats. And we won't go over all of the teams. We'll probably do that in a, in a YouTube video. But we'll go over some of the things that I that we think are, are problems and maybe some of the things that are like really, really poor. Uh, or things that any of you guys find interesting, and we can talk about that too. So first and foremost, the biggest problem that we currently see is uh, the Felgor Ravagers. Um, they have 145 total games, 87 wins. So they're, so they're sitting at a, the highest win rate out of all teams. 58.67. And now here's the crazy part. They've showed up in only 14 tournaments of the 28 tournaments. And they've had a top 10% placing or top three, whichever is greater, in 21. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's pretty nuts. So, so that means top three or top 10%, depending on how big the tournament is. 14 tournaments. Place top 10% 21 times. So if you had 30 players, we're still only pulling the top three. Like there are, there are multiple tournaments like LVO that they have two in the top 10 or the top 13. There are other tournaments where they're just like second place, third place, right? Like they're placing in the top three multiple times, which is insane. So when does this uh, data set start? It started at the beginning of this data slate. Okay. So December 14th. Even then. Yeah. Yeah. When they got their buff. 58.6 is a little high. But the top 10% placing, that's nuts. 70%, yeah. that's a little... Yeah, that's what you got to look for. I think the global win percentage is it's more the, the top 10% and the undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of cool data slate things that we've... Uh, data things that we're pulling from this and being able to look at and we've tabulated, right? So um, when we look at uh, the Void Dancer troop, they also are, are quite a problem with the next highest win rate. Um, they have, they've, they've showed up in 19 tournaments and placed in the top 10% 20 times. <laughs> Army wide fly. You can't balance it. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Right? I think th those two teams though, they're, they're the skew teams, right? They're kind of skew melee, skew melee with movement. So I think yeah. you have to kind of know how to play against them and you kind of mm -hmm. need to either have played them yourself or you need to have someone who has played them quite a bit and you need the reps into them. So I think, I think maybe some of that percentage might just be due to unfamiliarity with the team. 
that the opponents yeah, have. Yeah, it is. It is a great like pop stomp team. Yeah. Someone who's even just at that intermediate stage was like, okay, I've got 20 games of kill team under my belt. They'll throw you massive curveballs at, especially on open. It just hard to see coming. Yeah. So I'll go back to this in a second, but there's a different, interesting. Uh, do I have it here? No. So there's another interesting data slate that I have. It's not on this Google this Google Doc one, but uh, when you look at the teams um, about their so people and people where they place right. So when you look at Maple Leaf Wargaming and you look at Plasma Spam, uh, your two teams actually have in the entire world out of all other ter- teams in the world had the highest top ten percent placings. This data slate gets in. Yeah. So, so I think your team had 11 and plasma spam had 17. Um, the next closest was nine and then it went down dramatically from there. Seven two, three. There's a couple ones in there, but that's out of every single team in the world. So you guys probably contributed to some of these. And I know Orion had to have, contributed some things to Felgor. <laughs> I think every single tournament that he showed up in since December 14th, he placed in the top 10%. So that's either top three or whatever, right? So some of the Felgor Ravagers data is going to be skewed a little bit because such an advanced player took them. Jimmy Kelly, but, Sam Rosen yeah. as well, who was pretty good with them. Yeah, I think Jimmy Kelly and Sam Rosen, every tournament that they attended outside of, I think Jimmy didn't didn't get... Uh, in one of them, I think he took fourth, but Sam Rosen took third. And I think it was a 14-player player tournament, so that 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 tournament wasn't even taken. Mm. So um, it's quite fascinating. So the other interesting thing, right, is that when we look at this other number, we can see how popular the team is. So overall, 3.88% of players are playing Felgor, 4.13% are, t- are playing Void Dancers. So it's not a terribly high number, but it is still about half of the number that we see the most popular team, which we will get to because they need a nerf. They are taken so often and they fucking suck. This data slate, they suck hard. But the next team we're going to go over is uh, Chaos Cultists with the next highest win rate at 58.11, which is literally these three teams are within a percentage point of how overly powerful they are. Right. They've, they've placed, um, they've only been in eight tournaments, which is surprising to me, but they've placed in the top 10%, 50% of the time at four. Right. Uh, and they've had, they've had, um, 10, 10 players playing them. So, you know, it's, it's like 40% of people who've brought them have, have placed in the top 10%. It's pretty, pretty insane. Um, I mean, they're another team, a lot of moving parts, a lot of shenanigans mm-hmm. and it's complex enough that people might not want to try and play it so if you do pick it up start mastering it yeah, i can i can see that having sort of gone over what they could do there's yeah. a full review of every kill team before lvo just get an idea of what they could do mm-hmm. yeah that one's another understandable one i think it's also just because the matchup is very rare i think i've played against them once yeah, I think you have to play against them in a very certain way. Like you have to go, mm-hmm. you've got to go out all guns blazing. Well, I think the the slow burn approach that Alexa has kind of been spreading around, talking about like you just kind of you can go one four turn one, just don't lose any of your of your devotees and just 
clean up in the late game with your torments. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think, yeah, I think with 53 games as well, I think it'd be interesting there, to see if that, if that, if that number stays with, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting with chaos cultists because it, they've dropped so much in popularity. I think only the people that are semi-decent with them are still playing them. So it's interesting to see that they're still performing at a really high win rate, even though only like one, 1.3% of kill team is actually still playing them competitively. Um, 15 bodies as well. That's hard to chew through. Yeah. Oh, so you know what? I think I found my switch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Guys, what have you done? <laughs> More than 14? Okay, and I'm speaking my language. Yeah, well well, Chaos Colts is a really interesting uh change because they are they do have quite a lot of activations. They're a really high skilled team now because you can't just smooth brain play them like you used to. Like they are they got nerfed enough where you have to be good to pilot them well, you know? There's some to, tri- to at least at There's least place. tricks as well, like with the mind twitch, with the minus one mm-hmm. APL, like the out of activation dash. Um, so mutating its combat, there's a lot they can do. Absolutely. So we'll go over the next three teams that are in the problem area. And what's interesting is that commandos are not are not in the 55% win rate, but they are the most dominant at high tables. We'll go over that in a second. So we have Blades of Cain, Novitiates, and Exaction Squad just above the 55% win rate value. Um, They're at 55.74, 55.71, and 55.21. So I'm not sure if Games Workshop would say that these teams need to be adjusted because they are still at the 55%, or if if they would actually look at these teams and be like, hey, these teams competitively seem to be overperforming just a tad. And what's the most interesting thing is that I said exaction. I said exaction, and everyone did yeah. hear that right. Exaction yeah, I, squad, I, I've been mulling that over for a second. <laughs> uh, it has a 55% win rate worldwide. And what's, in, what's interesting is that in America, apparently no one knows how to play them because they performed at a... Can you guys still see the screen? Yep. Nope. Uh, exaction played at a uh, a forty six point six seven percent win rate. So this means they've been overperforming in other regions in order to take away uh, the thirty five games that they had at LVO. So that's uh, that's interesting, right? That's a very fascinating statistic because according to LVO's data, they need a buff, but or actually they don't. They actually they they don't need a change according to Games Workshop, where they, they like to you know, yeah, do the, that kind of stuff. 10% range. Yeah. Novitiates and Blades of Cain. What's interesting is that Blades of Cain has 59 games, which is pretty interesting. I think it's mostly new hotness. People yeah. you play against don't know the rules. Yeah. Players themselves probably don't fully know their rules. There's just They're confusing. a lot going on. Yeah, like all, all the little um, things, like when they get the reroll, if it's in melee versus in range, um, like they have to be concealed when they do like the mortal wounds dash. But here's, a, here's, the sad, here's the sad bit. They've showed up in seven tournaments and they've placed in the top 10% eight times. So that means that they placed, and they didn't place in the top, the top uh, 10% at LVO. So... That means there is probably two tournaments out there that they placed in top three, two of them, to get that to get that that number right, and only twelve people have played them. So the three players at LVO, every single almost what nine. That means that 
that's just a staggering number that they place in the top three. I mean, some of that I think is due to new hotness, but I think going forward, this team may <laughs> may be really strong because this team I still believe is only going to get better the more people play it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, a lot of moving parts. More people learn them. Mm-hmm. Final little tricks. There'll be better Harlequins. Yeah. So Orc Commandos uh, only has a 52% win rate. And I feel like if they get a nerf, it's going to drop dramatically. But their problem statistic is where is how many players have played them, how many tournament showings they've been to, how many undefeated counts they have, and how many times they've placed in the top 10. So it's all the other statistics outside of win rate. And hopefully Games Workshop takes that into account because they're extremely dominant. They've had eight undefeated runs, which is telling. Um, it's very telling. We have um, 59 people have played them. They've showed up in 27 out of 28 tournaments, which is the highest number from any other um, team. They are the most, they are also the most taken team, the second most taken team in kill team right now. They're the second most popular with 283 games with a 7.6 percentage of people playing them. And they have, uh, you know, they have 31 top 10 placings in 27 tournaments. Oh, out of 59 players. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that played percentage is almost double what the average should be. And they're still punching up. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like that means that people that don't play the team well must be not performing super great. And people who know how to play the team super well are just crushing eight undefeateds. The next highest is Felgor with four undefeateds. That means that they just won straight eight tournaments yeah. being undefeated. Wow. Out of 28 tournaments. It's a lot. Especially when you look past commandos and Felgor, it is all ones and twos. I think I say a three with no vicious. Mm-hmm. You've got those two, and then it kind of averages out across the rest, like one to three, and jump to four, jump to eight. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal. So we'll move on to the to the bottom teams. The other teams, we you know, unless if you guys want to talk about them, we don't have to. Um, but we have Phobos with a forty four percent win rate, Intercession with a forty three percent win rate which is the third most taken team. Uh, Warp Coven with a 43% win rate. Legionary with a 42% win rate. But check this out, everyone. They have Legionary are the most taken team by 50 games. Yep. 321 games played compared to Commandos with um, 283 at an 8.7% uh, play rate, but they only have a 42% win rate. Yeah, that's pretty telling that the highest six man team is mm-hmm. Phobos, right? Yeah, uh, and only yeah. just. What, where, where does, do, do you have the data for Talons? Are they higher than Phobos? Talons, we didn't take any Compendium because okay. okay. Compendium sucks. Sorry, my last podcast, Competitive Compendium. You don't get any <laughs> tips. Literally, we just the- talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a compendium in the top eight at LVO. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna show respect to the, the compendium. It. Oh god, if 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 talents are above Phobos, that's not looking good. 
they were at LVO. You want to see the LVO stats? Yeah, dude, I, I can see talents being higher than Yeah, so we have, uh, where's talents? Talents of the Emperor had a 50% play, uh, win rate. Nice. Yeah, perfectly balanced, so yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think Phobos had a zero. <laughs> <laughs> Legionary had a 47. Yeah. Uh, Intercession had... Uh, 51. So Intercession did have just barely. I, don't yeah. know. I think it just shows how that? hard it is to play with only six activations. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at all those top teams, they have 10 plus. I think 10 is like the minimum. Eights, eights as well. Eights, yeah. So Hunter Clade was next. Hunter Clade had a 42%, has a 42% win rate. Um, Justinian. With that buff had, as well. Uh, 35%. Uh, 35 play, played games, 41% win rate. They're not great. And now here's the crazy one. Now we talk, I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast regularly. <laughs> I knew it. But I, we, we talk about caster kings or caster knots. Caster knots. And let me tell you, they have the second worst win rate in all of Kill Team. Jeez, what yeah, the fuck? <laughs> How wrong was I? They're not caster kings. Holy shit, they're caster knots. Like if you if you draw a line, you know, at the the forty six, they basically lose to every, everything above it. <laughs> it's it's actually actually insane how bad the win rate is for the Kasserkin. Um I thought ignoring obscuring would have done wonders for this team, but apparently they just fucking suck. <laughs> it's fucking sad. One hundred and ninety five games played. Only 84 wins, 103 losses. They have top 10%. Uh, them placing is 14, 14 games. They placed in the top 10%. Um, right, that's pretty good though, isn't it? 14. It's decent. Yeah. It's, it's relatively decent. So what it makes me sound like, to me, it sounds like that they do have a really differential skill cap, which is something that you wouldn't think about for this team. This team feels like they'd be really like in the center with their mechanic, you know, their elite points. But I mean, we saw Austin take him to sixth place at LVO. Um, And there's must be a couple other people out there. You know, they have been played 40 times and they only have 14 top 10%. So they are relatively low on the percentage of 35% top 10% placings. But you know, and then the worst team in all of Kill Team is Farstalker Kinband, the Crute. The Crute are almost as bad as the Compendium Crute, according to this data, with a 37% win rate. Fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, Compendium Crute has the Crute Talks, at least. Yeah, the Crute Talks slaps. Uh, uh, at least, slaps. At least, at least well. there is a yeah. Kinband undefeated, but there is no Kazarkin undefeated. That is true. Touché. That is true. So one crew, so, I mean, four percent <laughs> difference. But you, there's that one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, pretty fucking nutty. Uh, so, Dakota, do you have um, individual pairings for the different factions? Like, do you have like Felgor's percentages into the other? Into I the don't other have. Things? I don't have that. It might be something that we could work on for the future. Yep. But I do have every single Felgor's. Uh, actual score and what they played into each one um, or like not, not what they played into, but what each individual score was and whether it was a win yeah. or a loss. Nice. Yeah. That'd, that'd be cool to see as well. See if there is a certain trends in the matchup. 
specific matchups. Yeah. Yeah, so where they struggle. we have a couple line graphs, so you can kind of see this. It's a little difficult to to tell on certain things, but you can see commandos here. The top ten percent <laughs> placings wow. is just like visually, it's kind of insane, right? Um, Legionary, yeah. Felgor, Void Dancers are all pretty up there as well, uh, and so is Veteran Guardsmen. Those are probably the next top four, but um. Yeah, it's pretty there's there I think the data that we're getting from this is meant mostly for competitive compared to like maybe what Games Workshop is maybe they look at all the data. So I think that uh, Kenny Roller Crit uh I think he produces most of all of the data rather than like just looking at uh specifically like I guess our data is skewed because we are only taking a certain amount from something from certain, we're looking for a very specific set of what is an issue? Not any kind of eight-player tournaments. Um, yeah, you're, you're headhunting quality data, which you need at least that 16 players, four games hmm. to get draw meaningful conclusions. Yeah, while we probably don't have nearly as many as much data as uh, Kenny Roller Crits, I think that both both uh, data slates are super uh, telling for uh, for different reasons, right? Like you obviously want to be like, hey, like how are Pathfinders? Uh, performing versus everyone, right? And apparently right now they have a 51% win rate, but wait, what do we see here? 30 players, they've only showed up to 21 uh, tournaments and they're at 16 top 10%. That's a little high at a 53%, mm. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. They're what? Uh, scout squad. <laughs> they're at eight. Yeah, scout squad's actually insane. They have They have an insane number. Um, outside of LVO, uh, which only had one player, they have, uh, they've shown up in nine tournaments and they placed in the top 10% nine times. Wow. It's kind of crazy. Um, so maybe they're busted too. Maybe blades of cane and scouts are, since they're at the top, <laughs> they're literally the first, second and third. I got a box uh, of them right behind me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see, uh, Justinian and intercession have the least likelihood <laughs> of getting top 10%. I mean, intercession makes sense. It's usually everyone's intro to kill team. Mm. Right. Team. Which I think is good. I think it's needed. Yeah. But I think in order to fix intercession, we need to revert all of the nerfs that was given to them. I don't think they would fix it. I don't think so either, but at least they'd be more fun to play. I like playing super fast moving tanks. They're a blast. They are fun to play though. Yeah. What's your guys' favorite like fun kill team to play? Like, Do you guys have a favorite fun team? Uh, veteran played, guardsman. Vivek <laughs> only plays veteran guard. I played one <laughs> team. Um, I've played quite a bit of warp coven. They're, they're like my original team. I think it was the original kill team open. Like they're my kind of go to. It's fun for me, but not not so much fun for my opponent. With see, warp coven void dancer troop. I've played them a bunch on TTS. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're so fun. Especially you just like, like ignoring board. rules, don't you, Vivek? The casino just, elves. So much fun. Be like, oh, yeah, okay, hang on. Oh, terrain. I don't even need to think about it. Terrain, <laughs> this is a move. Oh, barricades. Yeah, put three together, four together. It's fine. Fly. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think my favorite team to play is Intercession. I think that they're just a lot of fun to play. Do you agree? Huh? What do you think of um, yeah, a, h- how I, would you fix him then in terms of like an elite team, Dakota? So um, I really, really liked 
a suggestion that we got from Adrian on a past episode. Um, and that was to change the Overwatch mechanic entirely. Yep, agree. Where um, instead of it just being like an Overwatch shot, if you had an Overwatch action, uh, you could swap to, um, you could change orders or you could do like a dash. Dash or fights as well. Or you could do, I don't know about fight. I think a fight might break the game. Yeah, fight would be a little too aggressive. Multi-charges, all you're trying to do is push. Mm. Yeah. And then a six-man team, two operatives up just to be disruptive and you'll win the game. Yeah. I mean, shooting is fine, but I think that like, I've other people have said that the, the game entirely would need to be changed if that was the case, but I don't necessarily, necessarily agree with that. I think that there is something like super desperate that needs to happen. So I would like to see either armor of contempt come in. Dude, I was just about to say, like, dude, I, I was thinking it might be like a durability thing. Like when you have something like a vet guards, demo man, or melter or plasma, you can trade one for one with the marine. Dude, it's disgusting. Like yeah, I, disgusting. Yeah. I at LV at Nova, I killed three space marines in th- one in each round. Yeah. Uh with the demo man. Oh. It was fucking stupid. So wow. So turn one, I moved up and I placed the demo mine. I hit two of them and I was able to dash away. Um I got first activation, turn two. I placed one. Dude. Right? And then I blew it up and I had a rosary on him. And I rolled, a, I rolled a hit. Uh, I, th- I rolled a hit, a hit, and a miss. So I rosaried one of them, and I lived with two life, right? And then on turn three, he moved a person in in range again, <laughs> and I got first turning point again oh, on turning point three, and I placed another one, and I just killed him, and I killed myself. But hey, that's how you kill three space yeah, yeah. marines. <laughs> Incredible trade! Oh my god! <laughs> um, the hero demo man everybody aspires to be. Um, that is why he is Steven Zagal on my list because he's a very, very bad man. Um, kills his own people sometimes, kills himself, and kills everyone else. He's maybe in real life too. Who knows? I've seen a lot of his movies. I'm a big fan of Steven Zagal. Um, <laughs> maybe not the best person, but hey, you know, enjoyable to watch. He knows how to plant them in mind. Yeah, he does. He sure does. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, I could definitely say that m- maybe ignoring an AP for each one could be think, a fix. Do you think that should be built in, or do you think that should be a play? I think I think I'd, I'd love to try it if it's just built in. Straight it up. wouldn't solve the problem into melee teams. You ignore the AP on shooting, and then Felgor and uh, Void Dancer will just come pick you up. No, dude, Felgor they slap Felgor if you play him right. So uh, Legion, Legion redo, yeah. Legionary and, and intercession. They intercession, the the key to go into. I see a lot of people misplay the Felgor matchup um, as intercession. You like everyone goes shooty and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot you to death," and they're like, "Oh, you killed me," but I don't give a fuck because I'm still alive. So what you do is you take like your your grenade launcher. Sometimes you give them an Auspex, you know. Uh, you take your leader with a the flamer and the power sword. You switch. Um, you switch to uh, Duelist and you have Durable. You always have to have Durable. That's why I think the number one fix that they need to do is revert Durable and just make Durable a thing again. And everyone's going to take it, but hey, it is what it is, right? So if you take Durable to a competitive, anytime that they attack you, the amount of crits that they're going to roll is you're always going to you know, lessen one. So that one damage adds up over time. And then you also take a bunch of Tilting Shields. So you take like five assault intercessors, one of which is the sergeant. 
you put the tilting shield on the sergeant and two other guys or one other guy, and then you give the aspects to your your final guy, uh, to, to your like grenade launcher, mm-hmm. and you just beat them in close combat. Like you can fight twice, you can shoot them with your pistols, which have AP one. Uh, you have a flamer, which does surprising work, uh, especially if you you tie some people up and then you're able to fall back and then shoot them with your flamer. Um, you can just trade pretty pretty effectively. It's still always a tight game, but it's definitely doable. So, um, I like that. Yeah, you could instead of trying to do the standoff shooting, use the pistol shooting, which is almost just as good. Yeah, honestly, just as good. I think. Yeah, and they're going to charge you afterwards. Cool. Well, you could shoot them and then charge them and and um, and hit them and kill them in two hits. Right? They're going to do four damage back, but hey, you get five dice hitting on threes. Giacomo, have you found you play intercession quite a lot? Have you found any kind of um, um, other hidden strats into Felgor? No, I pretty much do exactly that. I take two shooters. I'll take one, the grenade launcher. I'll take one guy who has the doom bolter. Their job is to force frenzy. And then my assault Marines run up and just have to roll one critical. Then it's over. Fair. And it out works. of five dice, out of out five, five dice, dice yeah. you have a huge chance. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun, but it is a nerve wracking well, game because positioning is important. I've mm-hmm. seen Void Dancer kisses go into vet guard and roll no crits and then be sad because it's it, you know you're right. It does you. happen that you got to just take a assault doctrine and every turn you're charging. You know, always be charging ABC. Yeah, uh, intercession's probably. I mean, um, Inquisition's also pretty okay in the Felgor because you can take like six stun grenades and then you can also take. <laughs> yeah. You literally just stun the shit out of them because they want to stun you too, and you're just like, oh well, all you guys have one AP now. Oh, but they you know? they have the uh, what they called the equipment war paint. War, war paint. paint yeah. I now here's the crazy thing. I've seen less and less people take war paint, especially Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy Kelly's the one that's turning me onto this. Oh yeah. Um, at LVO, he only took like war paint like once or twice. And every other time, he doesn't take war paint. Was he taking that the yeah. rending? He's melee? taking all all sorts of random shit. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's the trap that Games Workshop's going to go into. Is they're going to be like, hey, we're going to nerf war paint. Hey, the team is fixed. <laughs> no, guess what? No, it isn't because they perform just as well. Okay, I can get stunned now. Okay, so what? Three teams have stun grenades. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like this podcast has just become a bitching session about uh, over the past few episodes about Felgor and and Pathfinders. I, I, I love them. Okay, Felgor, on time, <laughs> great, great. Vivek, time you are time. losing points with me. Okay, my friend. <laughs> okay, <laughs> playing vet guard, I can only get you so far. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, man. Um, I'm building a second vet guard team. Hey, what what are you what are you playing in as? Because I am. Uh, I'm using Scion bodies because they're my favorite guardsman bodies. Really? Building the same Vetguard kill team. You want to hear another stupid opinion of mine? Sure. You don't like the Scion bodies? Scions are okay. No, I, I think they're fine. I just like them with the berets better than oh, their, yes. their absolutely super, the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like helmets. I mm-hmm. have a bunch of those old Kazarkin. Jackamo, you use them for your Kazakin, right? Exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. dude. That that Kazakin you painted the other day with the, the blue eyes for the dot. Oh yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, that was, was a lot amazing. of fun. I was like, how, how the hell did you get into that? It's crazy. Uh, steady hands, a lot yeah. of practice. Yeah, you Looks too sick, can do man. it. I, I believe it. I've seen your painting skills. You got it. You got the chops. <laughs> See, Giacomo, <laughs> his his 
Giacomo's thing about hobby is if you if you never put heads on your models, you're just afraid to paint skin and faces. And that's I true. agree. I agree. <laughs> and that's okay. You don't have to paint faces. Yeah. But as an experienced hobbyist, I think that it's it's a really good place to challenge yourself to always make, you know, strives in painting is to always paint faces and to paint skin. I think skin is, especially being colorblind, very fucking difficult for me. <laughs> oh God, you're colorblind too? Yeah, you're I'm colorblind, my guy. Like, like Giacomo is sitting here and he's like, we had this, I had this argument at Loaded Dice recently. He was like, yeah, I have an olive skin tone. Like, there's a little bit of green in my skin. I was like, Giacomo, you're not a fucking orc. Shut the fuck up. Right? <laughs> and like, and then like, we were, I was at Loaded Dice and somebody was like, oh, this is olive flesh tone. That's a little green. And I was like, looking at it and I was like, dude, that's fucking brown. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, no, there's a little bit of green. And I was like, no, there's not. Like, shut the fuck up. You know? Um, <laughs> So obviously I have lacking in certain areas and that's probably why I can't paint Asian skin tones or olive skin tones very well because they just come out as Caucasian because I can't see the fucking green. So I don't add it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see orc green, but you know, that's like part of the 16% spectrum of green that I can actually see. Right. Um, <laughs> everything else is like fucking shit and brown. So um, going back to, I'm debating on attending a games workshop tournament this year, possibly one or two. Um, Which one are you thinking? So I have a homie, Ronnie, my other colorblind friend, and we can just like rest and solace about, you know, we see the world the same. Uh, Everyone else can fuck off. Um, He obviously can't see all of skin tones either. Um, What about reticle uh, says? Can you see reticle says? I can. I can see red. I'm not okay. fully colorblind. I'm color deficient. Ah, okay. Mostly lacking in the green cones in my eyes. That's what Google told me. So um, don't don't paint green plasma if you want to win a painting competition with you judging. I'm actually I'm actually decent at painting green because I follow recipes, and I can see. Yep. I I usually stand. I usually paint vibrant greens and I don't go into like the camos and all that kind of shit. I'll tell you a really bad colorblind story in a second. Um, <laughs> But uh, I picked up some, um, so my guardsmen are all third party. They're all like the the action heroes and all that kind of stuff. And I have to repaint them anyways. So what I'm probably going to do is I just bought a, a box of Cadian shock troops and a box of um, Kasserkin. I'm probably going to read. So I did a, a paint scheme for a client of mine. Uh, I did the Halo um, some Halo guys for a client for their Kasserkin teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to do that Master Chief again, but put them on a 25 mil base and then take all the the Cadians and then give them all ODST helmets and make just Master Chief and a bunch of ODSTs. Um, and that'll probably be my new GW because I made those 3D files. So apparently they're allowed, um, which is helpful. Um, but yeah, here's the bad colorblind story. I think I've said it before. Uh, I was painting that same team, the halo Kasserkins and the sniper was a pink, uh, sniper, the pink, uh, pink power ranger. Uh, uh, and, uh, I asked Giacomo, what greens look good with this? And he was like, these color greens. And I did like a bunch of like tests for the camo cloak. 
And I, and he was like, this, this set of colors right here. I was like, cool. So I painted the whole cape up. I did the whole thing. It was super nice. And they're like, yo, those aren't the color greens that we said. That looks fucking awful. And I was like, what are you talking about? I used like cyber. And then it turns out that I accidentally picked up the cyberite green oh, no. and all like the cool green spectrum. And I just painted them and I couldn't fucking tell the difference between, because when you start putting a bunch of greens together, I'm like, oh yeah, this looks normal. And they're like, no, we said like use dark angels green, not cyberite green. And I was like, I mean, I, I can see the difference, but the difference is minimal. If that makes sense. They both are kind of like really cool and dark um especially uh the green shade from uh the dark angels that shit's like almost black to me caliban green that's the one that's the one caliban green uh yeah so and then i had to repaint the whole fucking cape and camo it fucking sucked wow. let me tell you what <laughs> so sorry to cut which uh gw tournament were you thinking of heading to uh so one in texas uh, the one in Texas, I'm definitely thinking about, cool. I think the tickets went on sale today, so I probably need to buy them after this podcast. And then I'm thinking about the Tacoma open too, but I have to get permission from the wife. I'm also going to be going to Nova. Um, oh, so there's a Nova as well. That should be a good one. That's yeah. a yeah. nice. massive, one massive FOMO last year. Everybody's going to come down. Like and, and then I'm also thinking about kill scream. So those might be the four that I attend. Um, but uh, Tacoma's still up in the air. I love the the guys going up there. Uh, the guys up there, but I might, I might just go to Kill Scream. It depends. I don't want to be away from my 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 kiddo and my wife that many times, you know. So we'll see. But Texas is is I get to go see my homie and I get to do it, play games. I mean, always the best combo. Yeah, it's a no yeah, brainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so those are probably the the ones I'm going to attend. And then obviously we're throwing the All Valley Team Tournament, which is our biggest one out here. And we're still, we haven't we haven't published our dates for our tournaments yet because of, um, there's a few reasons. Uh, FLG and BAO might not have Kill Team. So we might be running Kill Team the exact same day at a different venue because they are transitioning this year to a bigger space. So... We'll see if that actually happens. And also, um, the, uh, what's it called? Oh, the AVTT. We might be expanding to 40K and Kill Team. So we might be renting a really big venue right. and having a 40K team tournament and a bigger version of our team tournament. Last year, we had 56 players, uh, 21 teams. So... It looks like we already have people from the East Coast interested in coming over. Uh, so that's one. If you guys want to come to another California one, I know you guys are already jumping all over the place, but it's pretty fun. Team tournaments are the best form of tournaments, I in my opinion. I love team tournaments. We're actually going to a 40K one in two months. Oh, yeah? What are you going to yeah. be playing? Uh, I'm playing, so as team captain, I'm playing Barrowhammer, so everybody else gets their first <laughs> picks, and then we have a bunch of great people in the club who are ready to lend out an army, and I'll, I'll pick one. Oh, probably, so you are. Guard. So what you are? You are the George of forty k. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. On the, the tables side, have turned. Yeah. How the turn the tables? <laughs> how the turntables have turned? <laughs> uh, he was kicking my ass at forty k in over the summer as well, which was. Uh... Where are you playing Eldar? <laughs> you filthy! I play Eldar. No, so. I was playing uh, Thousand Suns, man. Okay. Okay. And what was what was uh, 
Vivek, what were you playing? I'm playing Death Watch the with dirtiest, three planes. Yeah, the dirtiest ski list I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Uh, George, are you going to this 40k team tournament? Uh, no, not this time. I think I'm. I think I'm in back in the UK. Um, okay. All right, that's fair. That's yep. fair. Uh, that's cool. and- we'll, we'll we'll get them for the next one. We'll get Magnus painted up. It'll be beautiful. Okay. We'll have every single Chaos Army represented. It'll be a good time. Oh, pretty red yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Forty K players have uh, five man team tournaments. This one's eight. Eight. eight? Oh, you guys are going in to your the world. Team? Yeah, yeah, they're which going. Is, which is why I went format. the I'll fill route. So the last team tournament we went to, I took world leaders for the first time and went four wins and a draw. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I can I can do it again. Let's just pick a team or a. Yeah, a team I've never played before and just take, take it to a team tournament. <laughs> yeah, I think I've gone three and three at every team tournament we've been to. Except uh, this last one felt exceptionally good. Like our everyone was losing. Uh, we we had two wins and two losses. It all came to my game. My game was the final game. It was Eldar versus this is last edition, so you guys don't can't hang me right now. Um, but uh, it was Eldar versus Harlequins. And I was playing the super, super dirty, dirty skew army of um, you uh, mortal wound bombing with uh, Yanari. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun to play. And uh, every turn that I went, every game that I went first, I won. Every game that I didn't go first, I lost. So I went first that game. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I think I did like, I think I blew up like... I think I blew up like six of his little transports and then I had another one come in and kill a bunch. So it was fantastic. And Giacomo was playing space Marines, the true little Dornian hero himself, you know, that was holding oh, it yeah. out, man. <laughs> Imperial fist sucked back then. They need some love. Okay. The- yeah. So you know what, this is a kill team podcast. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, we, we play all games. In fact, yeah. I wanted to talk about something that's very fascinating. Have, do you guys play all skirmish games and all board games? I do love board games, but for me, it's just kill team and 40 K. Boo. Okay. Fair, fair. We, we are actually uh, starting enough, Friday night. I can board barely games. paint what uh, I have. Yeah. Dude, you don't want to see my shelf that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Giacomo knows exactly what the I fuck know what I'm it looks like. At. Yeah. Yeah, all my song of of ice and fire models up there. Jesus, is that good? Have you have you tried it? No, they're all unpainted. They're oh, still. Okay. I've had them for like four years, five years, and the, I, I take them out to look at them and yeah. play D anD D with them, and that's yeah. about it. <laughs> at least they um, good use. I know, right? So there is a brand. There's two brand new skirmish games that are coming out that seem interesting to me. And I like the fact that they're both competing with each other. So Simon who makes a, a, a bunch of really good games, but they really Simonified this game. I'll tell you guys what I mean about that. They just released a Kickstarter that I've been following. Um, and also uh, night models who does Batman, the miniature game who makes beautiful models. Wonderful. Uh, models. Yeah. Harry Potter, the miniature game and DC universe. The, the they also did Marvel before uh, Asmodeus Games and, and a- AMG. A- yeah, b- before they got them, before they got the rights. So they're both coming out with a skirmish uh, Game of Thrones game. Oh, wow. Um, so Model okay. Night Models is their skirmish game is based off of the TV show. So they have all the rights to the characters' faces and all that kind of stuff. So they're they're producing that those models. 
Uh, Simon is making a skirmish game from a song of ice and fire models. So you can use the models that you already have. And then they have the new Kickstarter out with, um, with the, the new like Stannis Baratheon. I think it happens before. I think it's like set in the time of, um, I think it's set in the time of, um, right before games of game of Thrones when, when rebellion, Robert's rebellion or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's pretty pretty interesting. So wait, um, so, so they both use the same miniatures, but it's a different rule system for each one. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so they are the exact same um, models from A Song of Fire and Ice, as well as uh, as. Um, but they're both skirmish games, and they're both a fantasy game, and I haven't got any fantasy games. And let me tell you what, I have been dying for a fantasy skirmish game. I really want a Lord of the Rings, an actual uh, Lord of the Rings would, one. I would jump both feet for a I'm, Lord of the Rings skirmish game. I'm there I, all the way. I'm not going to lie. I've been talking to Giacomo. I was like, dude, we should come up with a skirmish. And we have a couple ideas. Um, we should come up with a fantasy skirmish game. But uh, my original idea was to like have it for... Lord of the Rings and maybe just have like our own rule set for it or something. I don't know. Go in the models um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just have like an actual competitive one because I mean, like you could just play Lord of the Rings as Lord of the Rings, but like fantasy, I think is really fucking cool. I love D and D. So oh, yeah, uh, I host a D and D game every Sunday. Do you? Uh, yeah. What a uh, long time DM. What edition? So right now we're doing fifth edition, okay. uh, full homebrew uh, universe by me. But we've done Fuck Star yeah. Wars RPG. That's the other big one. We've done a few of the like Call of Cthulhu and other systems. Uh, we tend to come back to five E just because it's manageable. Yeah, Star Wars RPG is probably my favorite though. Okay, my so, wife. Yeah. My wife DMs a uh, GMs, I should say, a game for a bunch of Hollywood actors for um, nice for uh, star trek oh that sounds like a great time yeah one of her players is the director for from maverick uh the uh oh that's that's sweet yeah it's pretty fucking sick i mean it's like a big like a uh, humble brag that i get to say for her you know i mean it's like wow you get to fucking meet with this guy like once a month and that's, that's kind of cool <laughs> that's awesome. um, tabletop role-playing games are my jam so oh yeah? yeah george do you play um, D and D and all that kind of stuff. Or? Uh, I used to. Uh, I'm I'm back home. Back from back when I was living in the UK, we were very big on board games. So we actually, my route back into everything was the Game of Thrones board game. Did you ever play that? No, I didn't. It's a six player free for all, and with, with a few good mates, it's a lot of fun. It gets so snaky. So like everyone's like kind of texting under the table and like you have to you kind of like ally with someone mate. to kind of win. Oh, sick. But okay. then you can like betray and stuff like that. It's, it's really good. Uh, so we must have played loads of games with that. But then we moved on to Roots. Have you heard of that? I have not. So that's another board game. Um, it's got like really cutesy art, but it's probably the most brutal game um, out there. It's like a free-for-all um, based in a forest. And like there's like lots of different factions and like, each one is like different mechanic. Um, it's really, it's really good, really good game. So, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. Giacomo, do you play, um, any other like type of board games? And then I have a question for, for Vivek here. Uh, type, types of board games, all sorts of them. Um, recently none, but I used to have a cafe 
that was out here in Glendale, California, mm-hmm. that we would go to Game House before they closed down, and we would play all sorts of board games there. Uh, I miss those days. Board game cafe is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. So, we were actually starting one up at MLWG. So we're doing, oh, really? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah, so we're doing Friday nights. Doing Friday night once a month. Everyone just brings the board game. So it's like really unstructured. So That's sick. Yeah, it should be good fun. So, um, Vivek, when you were playing D&D, uh, how did you respond to the OG crisis, uh, the, the, uh, the license crisis, uh, the beginning of last year with Wizards? I mean, whenever something creative gets overly corporatized, this, this happens. So it's more just, I'm not going to buy any more stuff. I have enough stuff, you know, mm-hmm. enough books to last me a lifetime for 5e. Fair. Uh, so like going forward, like, am I going to buy more Wizards of the Coast products? Probably not, because I see the direction they're going in. Mm-hmm. They're going to ru- they're going to ruin the game for the consumers. Yeah, they're they're going to find some predatory way to turn people off of it. Mm-hmm. But then that will open like open the field for competitors. There's so many cool systems out there. It'd yeah, be great Path- if someone else got like a day in the sun. Yeah, Pathfinder's pretty cool. I know it was interesting I love with the OG <laughs> with the OGL with the OGL crisis. Um, Pathfinder's sales, they sold more in like two weeks than they did in like a year and a half or two years because everyone just started dropping fifth edition. Now the thing is like fifth edition supposedly uh, and everything before fifth edition is supposedly still like open license, but of course we'll have to (laughs) see if that actually continues. Uh, But Pathfinder is a really good alternative. I know I played a shit ton of uh, 3.5 Pathfinders. Uh, that was probably one of the best game systems. It's just unfortunate how scaly 3.5 was for D&D and stuff. The crunchiness of Pathfinder was always my favorite aspect. Yeah? Because I was always trying to do something ridiculous. Like, I want to play a fighter who uses two shields. You can do that in <laughs> Pathfinder. <laughs> yes, you can. can. And it would actually yeah. help you out. Like, you could take the right feats and stack things the right way so that Using two shields wasn't just fully kneecapping yourself, and you'd have mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah, I had a I had a, a Spartan warrior that could throw his shield and come back like Captain America. It made me a, and he didn't wear armor, and he was a fighter, and that was possible because you could do it in Pathfinder, not in Fifth Fifth Edition. It's like, oh, you're not wearing armor, and you're a fighter. You fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty the much. Two you know? AC is too statistically relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty good stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we're we're coming to that time, fellas. Is there anything else that you guys uh, you guys want to shout out? Well, thank you for having us. This is this is a great time. Hell yeah, dude! Anytime. Yeah, yeah looking forward to next year. LVO it should be good. Oh yeah, LVO. We'll see you at a bunch of other events. We'll uh, we'll reconnect. It'll be a good time. We'll also have to get you guys on again uh, before your next big tournament, so that we can absolutely we can catch up and see how the Canadians are doing. You know, you can see my newly painted chaos called. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna oh, love that. I mean, I'm looking at him right now. Dude, so. you, should, you should make them X Fat God. <laughs> oh oh my god, that's oh, great! Yes, that is great. Perfect. But yeah, just uh, just shouting out our local scene. Um, so everyone at MLWG, uh, Niall, Phil, uh, Alex, who came with us to and completed the competitive event at LVO. Uh, Reese for making the jerseys. Uh, Miguel for coming to LVO as well. Um, yeah, and then also like everyone in the local scene. So we've got a lot of tournaments coming up, as you mentioned earlier in, in the, in the, uh, episode, 
So you can mm-hmm. check us out on our Discord. Um, I'm, I can give you a link, and if people want to use it, they can use that. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Uh, how did Reese and everyone love like the 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 narrative of oh, that? Dude, that they ran? absolutely they loved, loved it. it. We're going to be doing it. more ourselves. Yeah. I, yeah. My only, my you know, my second LVR regret, not playing on asymmetric ITD, not being able to do both the comp and the narrative. The narrative looked so fun. Those boards, you absolutely smashed over them. Thank you, bro. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, Saya and I and the LVO rescue team really put in a lot of a lot of work on those narrative boards. In fact, I think we spent like a full like two and a half weeks just like building and painting. Like we were done with LVO outside of our fires here at the shop, but um, we uh, we definitely slaved away on those things. There was nothing else for me to do other than to build great fucking game boards. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because, <so fun. laughs> Because my shop basically and burnt boy out. Boy, are they great. Uh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Gee, is there anything you want to shout out, homie? Yeah, of course. Um, if you want to join the conversation, you can find us on Discord. Our link is in the show notes. Uh, also, you can find me on Instagram. That's uh, under wargaming underscore studios. I'm painting some Votan right now. I'm actually getting to it. I decided I'm going to try to finish it this year, but I'm sure I'll get distracted. So it's fine. I'll find something else to finish. And uh, if you're looking to purchase miniatures or tickets for upcoming events here in the United States through Frontline Gaming, we have our affiliate link in the description as well. Uh, anything you purchase there costs no extra to you and gives us a little bit of a kickback, which helps us bring more stuff for you guys. Um yeah. And again, give us a rating, you know, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, things called Apple iPod Podcasts, I can't remember anymore, Spotify, and um, wherever else. Yeah, those ratings really help out. Um, another, A couple other cool things. Um, I talked to Giacomo today about really trying to ramp up our creative juices for YouTube and coming out with a lot more videos. We have a lot of really cool and fun things that we're going to, we're going to be doing on our YouTube here pretty soon. And, um, once I get the shop, the streaming studio back in order, hopefully we'll start streaming every Tuesday as well. Battle report games and, and narrative games as well. We'll, we'll play our own narrative. so everyone gets to experience it. So, um, but yeah, thank you both for, uh, George and Vivek for both jumping on and talking and shooting the shit. You know, it's been a blast to have you both on. Pleasure to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on. And thanks yeah, to our yeah. patrons. Absolutely. Yeah. Patreons make the world go round. Absolutely. And you too can join our patron. Even at the base level, you'll be supporting us, and we really appreciate that. Also, for our higher tier patrons, the latest episode of the Squad Games Redacted is up, so feel free to give that a listen. All right. Guess I'll see you guys later. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. See ya. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad-games.